Hello and welcome to Ty Sharman Wheel of Time Podcast. I'm Sam. I'm Will. We're here to discuss episode four of the TV show. What did you think, Sam? I liked it. I liked it a lot. What about you? I think it was the fourth episode in the the previous season that was probably my favorite. So while I was like, oh man, this is awesome, I was also kind of like, oh, I hope this isn't the peak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I, I feel like there were several kind of gentle critiques we had last uh, episode of our podcast and the first three episodes of the show that this episode addressed. So that yeah. was kind of fun. So yeah, I'm with you. I hope this is not the peak. Uh, all I know is I'm having fun so far. So yeah. Yeah. Right into it. The title um, is Daughter of the Night. Yeah. So we know what that means. <laughs> yeah. And so it was immediately like, okay. Um, and let me just, I'll go ahead and, and we'll do spoilers for the, the great hunt on this one. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I was, uh, I was talking to a friend who is watching the show, enjoying it and has not read the books. And I like said something, I was like, that's a spoiler for a book. And I am not sure if it will happen at all in the television show. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's confusing to talk. About. Yeah. And he was like, I don't care. I'm interested in the differences. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, that's a good, a good uh, declaration to make. And I will make every effort to not spoil, you know, the fifth book or anything, <laughs> yeah. you know, anything else. Yeah, sure. Because it would be easy to do that in this episode. Of course, you know, obviously spoilers for the episode itself. We're, we're going to just be right out of the gate, assuming you've already watched it. Yeah. Um, because uh, that or the night, I was like, okay, finally, yeah. you know, we're going to reveal who this Celine really is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and so we, we get to this first scene here with Ishmael in uh, in a, the dome. I guess this is, is this in the eye of the world, I guess, still? I don't know where it's supposed to be. Um, uh, maybe at the board, the, maybe. The x-ray we, says Kyrie Countryside. Is- Oh, well, okay. So just went out in the woods somewhere, found like a cave that had the Aes Sedai symbol in it and, you know, got to Keston. One of the things that, you know, if I'm going to be kind of nitpicky here as I was watching it, um, you know, it's it's pretty clear that uh, this was going to be Lanfear. And the vibe of the Forsaken in the books is not like... We're a team. We're we're all in this together at all. So, the idea that Ishamael yeah, would yeah, yeah. participate in summoning Lanfear, right, would would be would in, intentionally bring Lanfear into this world is is odd. Yeah, agreed. yeah. So you, you, we, it's it's like entirely possible that 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 you know that you know that you, in the books we have alliances between forsaken so the charitable interpretation would be well ishmael and lanfear have an alliance and so that's why he decided to bring her back Um, but it is a fair point that is kind of a fun thing in the books that they're constantly trying to kind of stab each other in the back i will say i like this i mean this is later in the episode but it's also the scene we just didn't know it this idea that a seal is tied to a forsaken um that's interesting that's totally different yeah, I did like that. That was only kind of alluded to, but I, when when that was said, I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." Right. That because like in that first scene, the scene, the, the first scene with Ishmael, it's like, well, "What is he doing?" I don't really understand. And, you know, yeah. uh, couldn't really tell that it was Landfear covered in blood. I mean, I didn't look at the X-ray. I guess I was in the Chick Fil A drive-through. <laughs> so it, it but it, I, I'm okay with it. You know, so in the books, the whole idea is that the Forsaken are just somewhere, you know, in the Dark One's prison you know, at various levels for close and further from the surface, uh, you know, like Agenor is sort of close to the surface and that's why he's all old and ugly looking <laughs> because he like right. aged a lot, whereas the others didn't or whatever. And so that, so like the idea that instead of them just being in the dark ones prison and being released at times <laughs> as yeah. he becomes stronger, um, that instead there is a specific seal that is Lanfear seal. Like, okay, uh, I'm okay with that, actually. Yeah. Well, and I guess that also kind of would explain why Ashamaya would participate in releasing them is because he's just trying to ultimately get to the releasing the dark one. Um, yeah, sure. Actually, that that is that handles the problem readily, and it's like, okay, well, this has to happen for the dark one to be released. And you know, once she's free, you know, what it's all bets are off. Um, if she doesn't need, does something he doesn't like, he can just kill her, <laughs> or or can he? <laughs> <laughs> so then we get to the the scene with the uh, the Demadred household. 
So what did you think of this, uh, this storyline, this plot? Uh, that uh, you is, know, this is interesting. As far as I can tell, entirely different from the book. Right. Yeah. Well, different. And, and for one thing, um, Moraine in the book is actually not much older than she would appear. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's true. And her, she has a, is it, is it her sister that's in Kyrian or is it her cousin or something? Caroline well, Demondred or I can't remember. Her yeah. um, cousin. I don't know that Moraine has, or should I say Moiraine? It's been bothering me a little bit. Moiraine and, and also Amerlin. Um, those two oh. are bothering me just slightly. Uh, <laughs> pronunciation yeah. since I, we've been, I've been hoisted by my own petard several times over pronunciations. That's not really the right <laughs> use of that term. Anyway, <laughs> um, so Moraine had does is I don't know that she has a sister in the books or that we certainly this scene does not happen and she doesn't go to Kyrian at this point or not certainly almost ever and it, I don't have a problem with it. It's an interesting dynamic. I mean, it's you know we same kind of ideas we saw with the Leandrin this contrast between Aes Sedai who don't who age far more slowly than the people they love you know it's reasonable but it is kind of different from from the perspective of like the overall timeline of Moraine's story that it just puts her as much older than she is in the books like yeah you know possibly a good 30 plus years older right right yeah, and, yeah I mean, like in the the time is different certainly it seems like you know you think about you know how old she would have been in new spring versus how old she is in the first book yeah it is it's always a little bit unclear or not a hundred percent like she's definitely x age but yeah my impression was that in the in the first book she was like 40s maybe maybe 50s but not yeah. like i don't know 100 or 80 or something new spring taking place 20 years before roughly right Mm-hmm. She's she, a novice, she seemed so to be had, right. I was going to say she had been a right. She had been a novice and accepted, and so yes, it makes perfect sense that she would have been right. Right, like I said, like forties or fifties, maybe. Yeah, exactly. So that's. I mean, that is a change, but I'm not. I'm not like mad at it. At least not yet. <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Yeah. Uh, somebody can correct me. I don't think she has a sister mentioned in the book. She may, and but we certainly don't meet her. You right. Know, right. You started not mentioning a major her. Character cousin i think instead is who we do meet and i'm curious to see if mm -hmm. that comes into play ever yeah. uh it, you know i don't know it's interesting it's not bad this whole plot line yeah we'll see yeah the the next scene is when rand is helping kind of come through the rubble of celine's inn and celine walks up and is talking about wanting to go out in the countryside now that she can't uh, be at her inn. And uh, I do love that Rand said, I'm not good company for anyone. It's a classic Rand line. <laughs> uh, and, it, and it is like that kind of like, oh, okay. So, um, you know, we are going to do something like what happened in the books where they're traveling together mm -hmm. um, in the second book. But of course, it's far, it's cut far short <laughs> compared to the adventures they go on in the book. Yeah. I, just like everything else, I'm curious to see just, you know, from here, because it's like, there are some ways in which this episode feels like it gets a little bit more on track with the books. Yeah, and agreed. Yeah, several times it's like, oh, okay, yeah, we're 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 getting back to the major plot points of the books. Agreed. Back to the White Tower, and Nynaeve is uh, upset, uh, and it is it is interesting that uh, Nynaeve kind of admits that I don't know if it's in the scene or later that she uh, spent years in the arches, and it's the kind of thing that like in these various alternate world things, you know, with the Turingriel and uh, right. the, the different times this has come up. It's like kind of implied in the books that that happens, but it's all kind of dreamlike. And I don't know how often it's confirmed that like so-and-so lived out a lifetime in this dreamlike world or whatever. Um, it definitely seems like in this case, Nynaeve got married, had a kid, tried to rescue that kid, watched all of her friends get slaughtered, and then like ran, tried to rescue her kid by running back to the arches and just, you know, her child just dis disintegrated before her eyes. And, right. uh, so she's, you know, understandably a little upset about that. Yeah, traumatized, to say the least. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Next scene, we are, are oh. back to this kind of retreat with the... Uh, and. and this whole subplot I've got mixed feelings about. Um, but you know, it, it occurs to me that it seems like Alana is taking Myrell's place in this case, uh, yes. which is fair. Like, I don't really have a 
problem with that. I mean, I don't really didn't care too much about Marel. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I am curious to see if if other things happen the way that they happen in the book. Yeah, which I don't know. I'm, I'm, you know, the way that they're playing this out, it's hard to imagine that other things will play out that way. You know? Yeah, and that's true. Right, right. If uh, especially Alana's role will have to be different. I mean, a little bit. Right. And I would be okay with a particular subplot involving Alana not happening at all. But we'll yeah. see. I guess. Well, yeah, we'll see. It'll be interesting. I mean, uh, we, we've said along and along, they were always going to have to reduce, particularly the Aes Sedai. Mm-hmm. There were just too many of them. Yeah, but yeah. Bobo's you know, is great. I mean, certainly she's, uh, I, I don't mind her getting more screen time. She's doing great. So, yeah. And she was, she's the only person who has um, interacted with us on our social media out of the cast. So, um, <laughs> right on. <laughs> I've got a special place in my heart for, her. you know, in this, this plot, it's a little confusing because they're kind of acting like the bond yeah, has been broken. Is. Right. I'm glad you brought that up because we were speculating about that last episode. Like, okay, did Moraine get uh, severed or is she just shielded? And is she just masking the bond or did she just cut the bond off? And it, I, that has, that was, it seems as though she has, has in fact severed the bond. Yeah. One, and it's like, okay, why also, why was that not more clear? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, like, it, not at all clear. Yeah, exactly. I, it's not that I disagree. I mean, which I, to some degree I do disagree because it's not in the books this way. But uh, yeah, agree. It, yeah. it's, it's, it's not as much but that I disagree. you can see why it. they got there, especially mm-hmm. given the end of this episode. You can see they're like, okay, we want to have the same effect of the end of this episode as what happens in the books. It's a twisted stone doorway. Which I, yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of what we're doing. That's kind of like, I don't think we're, I don't think that's going to happen now. Maybe I'm wrong, but it, I would yeah. guess it's not. Um, so it's like mm-hmm. we're getting the same character arc changes that would have happened with the twisted stone doorway without, you know, yeah. spoiling that book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, I think that's a good point. Um, and that's, that's why I say, like, I could see that the sequence you're talking about in the books just not playing out. I was like, I was texting, you know, and so again, I, can I, I just want to say something sort of ridiculous about that without spoiling. I don't know. I will try to, uh, it, it is just kind of a funny image. Uh, no, I don't think I could say it without spoiling. I don't know. Can I just say spoilers for the end of book, whatever? That yeah, is five, sure. Six. Go ahead. Let's just do it. <laughs> yeah, because we're dancing anyway. I know. So I was I was texting my, my friend Jay, and I was like, you know, in the books, Moraine tackles Celine into another universe through this doorway, <laughs> and then they're yeah. both assumed to be dead. So it's like this, you know, a little. I, I can understand why they would have taken a long time to get to that, and that particular plot point of Moraine and Land's bond being severed. And also, well, in that case, Celine, Celine Lanfear being dead, you know, ha- having a similar scene here to establish this dynamic, I understand it. I don't I'm still on the fence about it, but I understand it, I guess I'll say. And it is just like this idea of, oh, you know, she tackled them through into another universe populated by snakes and foxes. Like, I don't know if we'll get the snakes and foxes. I hope we do, but we might. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I think if we don't get the snakes and foxes, it's going to, they're going to really struggle with how they handle Matt because they're oh, so sure. No, I agree. If they, if they don't, right. No, I agree. If they don't do snakes and foxes, they have to do something else to Matt's arc to get to the same place. And I would love to still see snakes and foxes, you know, could be delightfully wacky, um, but you might see why they might be like, I don't know if we can pull that off. So we'll see. No, I, I'm, I mean, I was having the same thought, like, are they going to do that with, uh, Moraine, are they going to keep her around longer? Which would be a huge change, but in one right. way, the fact that, uh, you know, Rosamund Pike they're they don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's kind of right now been the face of the show, like whenever they put ads and stuff up for it. So, you know, we have scenes of here of her walking around Kyrian, walking into the the same place that Rand has been working. And she goes to visit Loghain and comes to find out, uh, we we come to find out that uh, is the reason why Loghain is here is because Moraine arranged for it. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. which is uh, again uh, not a bad 
plot point, not not in the books this way in any way, shape, or form. But to this point, Loghain has been the uh, the only non forsaken male channeler in the show. So, so other than Rand, I mean. So to if if Rand is to get any training, it makes sense for it to be him. Um, yeah. So and, and the the idea that he is motivated by a dagger to with which to kill himself is uh yeah. I mean you, that that fits with the book certainly. Yeah. Well, and I th- I think what also in one way arguably it makes better sense in the way that they're doing this is Moraine actually in this case has a plan to train Rand. Whereas in the books, if you remember right after he realizes he can channel and he comes to her, she kind of just says, I really can't do anything for you. It's is really almost more what. Yeah. Um, right. Like a know, few times they like, she like tries to, and it's like trying to like a, like a bird trying to teach a fish to, to fly or some, something like yeah. that. Um, yeah. And that, I mean, and that's the thing they always say. And, and even, uh, you know, when the, when the girls try to help him, the super girls try to help him at other yeah, points in the books. I'm thinking of, yeah. yeah. That's, it's kind of the same thing, but yeah, I mean, Moraine, she really, it's kind of funny. She, in, in the books, it almost feels kind of like, yep, you're the dragon reborn. You can man who can channel. I don't think you should be gentle because, you know, we need you to be able to be the dragon. Right. I can't help you figure out how to do that so um good right. luck you know it's right. kind of the right, right. um and and it actually in in some ways puts her more in i mean leaves her a little more in the gandalf role of okay obviously yeah, i can't you know teach him how to use the male half of the one power but there is someone who can so her arranging for that kind of makes sense but yeah and then Nynaeve visiting warders uh, does the Amberlin know? Um, and she's like, well, yes, because technically I am the Amberlin when the Amberlin's not here. Um, and then Leandrin basically threatens her. She just was like, well, yeah. you know, you're going to go down too <laughs> when when we bring yeah. her tower, more or less. Yeah. Well, and since we called spoilers for books, you know, through, I guess, book five, yeah, sure. um, then we can say like, well, yeah, that's, that's foreshadowing. Yeah. And, and it makes yeah. it pretty clear that they probably are going to have that run very similarly as it does in the books. Uh, once again, I mean, the combining of Alana and Murel and Adelaus and Van Deen, I could have seen them almost figuring out a way to take out Liana's or Liana's or however they're going with it. Because they haven't actually said her name out loud on the show yet, I don't think. Oh, yeah, sure. Right, right. Um, I, I could see them taking it out. So then we move on to Elias and Perrin and really kind of addressing one of your, um, something you mentioned last episode about how Elias hadn't said, hey, you're a wolf brother. So he says, hey, you're a wolf brother. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah. Um, nice, uh, nice to get that, to, to get that con- confirmation and uh, uh, kind of get some more of the backstory of and and really kind of the exposition about being a wolf brother which we were missing and it's yeah you know it's pretty close at this point i it's closer than i was thinking it would be based on what we've seen so far i i love when um he says they call us wolf brother and he says what does that mean he says exactly what it sounds like (laughs) (laughs) just like Okay. Um. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for that. Um, yeah. You don't you don't hang out with people much, do you? Do you, Elias? <laughs> <laughs> and then he, yeah. you know, he has the vision of the buck, and so Upper. they do clarify. Yeah, we get the, the sendings, right? So, so right. So you were probably right last episode when you said the visions that Perrin was seeing in the house was probably ascending from a wolf. Yeah, I would think. I don't know. That's that's, that's kind of what it seems likely. like they're going with, which I like. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, that's a good change from the like whatever the vision of the pattern being messed up from the book or whatever. And I mean, this whole scene, I I enjoyed because you do yeah. finally get um, you get the the wolves in there, and then you know he says, "Hey, he likes you," and so I'm like, "Oh, is this going to yeah. be Hopper? Is this going to be Hopper?" And sure enough, it is. Get the sending of him hopping. <laughs> yeah. You know, when he said when he says, oh, I got his name, it's Hopper. And Elias says, close enough. Um, <laughs> right. It's, it's funny because there there is some like explanation in the book of how the names that Perrin 
says out loud in reference to are are not totally accurate. Like the the names are actually much more complicated because they are visual. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, he like there's one I can't remember where he kind of says, well, you know, the name is actually this and that and those. And, uh, you know, and and it may have been Hopper or something at one point that he did say it was like, well, it's like he who flies over the or something. And and, and, yeah, sure. But it was but it was just simpler to say Hopper. Perrin asking Elias, like, why didn't you come to me earlier? Yeah. <laughs> right, like this is the elephant in the room, man. What yeah, the heck? especially and you could he, have helped us. You could have warned yeah. us about the Sean Chan. And then he's like, "Hey, you're alive, aren't you? So shut up." Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> Once again, um, Elias, you hang out with wolves too much, buddy. I think. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but he does say like, "We don't like to go near Aes Sedai." Right, right. So it is going to be interesting to see if uh, it's going to be so a plot point from the book. I don't should I say yeah. it or no, not? It, that, that whatever. Yeah, that I don't Elias think it's in the book is is a. Right, is a warder that has sort of like left his eyes to die, and so I don't know if that will happen or not. It's okay if it doesn't, if it's not included. I think as a yeah. as a fact. Yeah, it's only it, it's only interesting insofar as it kind of gives a little context to why he is um, an unusually gifted warrior. Leery of on, right, right, you know, and why he's and, a little leery of eyes to die. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it just fleshes that out a bit. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we after we get the hopper sending, go um, on to uh, and, Maxim and Lan talking, fetching water and talking about the bonds yeah. being masked and broken. And this is when I guess it's made conf- it's confirmed that Moraine has broken the bond. I'm still yes. not totally clear on that. Like when did that happen yes. exactly? Um, right. Did it happen at the end of the last episode somehow, or did it right, happen yeah. when she got? shielded or whatever yeah it's it's just more satisfying when it happens in the books with her appearing to die i mean that's like it's completely like obvious and unambiguous that the bond is broken because she is gone but here it's like well they kind of argued some and then she left (laughs) and i mean yes we know she's shielded i think not severed um so now i'm really not sure about that either because i wasn't super clear that the bond was severed so like why wouldn't she be stilled yeah but yeah i don't know it's uh, confusing yeah we get this kind of backstory with um maxim and talking about yeah. his relationship with alana and yvonne and just that he's kind of the third right. wheel and, right that, uh, he, that she was at first intentionally masking her bond with him except in battle and in bed <laughs> yeah um and i guess and, he's which, not doing that anymore yeah, which is a little sad. I'm gonna I'm gonna call it because Maxim is not a character from the book. He's gonna get killed at some point, and it's oh, gonna be yeah, super tragic. Um, mm-hmm. no, they're that. they're they're trying to make him likable. I can see, and he is. He's yeah. You know, at, he's one a point, at one point, he's in his. At one point, he's wearing a shirt that makes him look a lot like comic books Aquaman. Um, not Momoa, <laughs> but comic books. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe okay, the one with the hook. Yeah. <laughs> I gotcha. Well, uh, after that, we're back in Kyrian. Back with Moraine, talking to guardsmen and trying to figure out where Rand went. And yeah, at the foregate, once again, foregate, right. they've they've done a good job. The, and the x-ray tells me that the guy she's talking to is Sandair, um, who is mm-hmm. a name from the book, but nobody I really re- could tell you about. Mm-hmm. Just probably right. a random. Poor other guy doesn't even get an x-ray. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, uh, you know, I just I was sitting here in this scene just appreciating the costumes, the, the art, everything, you know, the, yeah, the Sunburst really shield. Yeah, job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah um, so, yeah, the, the guy's evasive, doesn't really, isn't, doesn't really help. And then we end up with Celine and Rand. Oh yeah, so I was going to mention. I looked up. Um, I looked up their ages just because I was curious. And so Josha is twenty eight, Celine is thirty six. <laughs> I don't know why I, th- I would have thought she was older, and I don't mean that like she looks older. Just that I, I don't know why, um, but she's in fact younger than me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because she does have 
I can totally believe she's 36. Um, but yeah, she yeah, somehow right, right. she has a she has a old soul about her that Yeah, I think that's uh, what it is. Like like a um like just this this maturity feel I don't know. Yeah, I I know what you, exactly what you mean. And like she yeah, and al- she almost did well. Yeah, like she feels like she would could be one of those people who was a good bit older but looks younger is kind of yeah. the vibe. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and they do play it that way. Like she's more experienced at, at everything and, you know, right, right. Brand's just, he's, he's still kind of a young buck and this is his, he even says something like, you're the first one to, that saw me as a man. What we have in this scene that we have throughout this episode, and, and we had mention of it in one of the, the previous episodes is Celine talking about a man that she used to love. Right, right. And, cabin they would um, go to. Talked a lot about this cabin. I was really, yeah. it honestly bothered me later in this episode where they wake up and they're at, at the fire. They've like fell on a song asleep outside the cabin. I'm like, all right, so have your fire and then go inside. <laughs> 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 then you won't have monsters sneaking up on it. Anyway, that just bothered yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of talk um, about cabins. You do live in a world where monsters exist um, <laughs> right it's not just you don't have just not just bears and wolves that you need to worry about there are actual yeah. monsters you've both seen them like what are we doing here although yeah. one thing that we probably won't be able to see as much in the show that i i always thought was interesting in the books was how the people that live in the southern kingdoms some of them didn't even believe in trollocs because they were so far from the blight oh and yeah so, good point so there they would was see, they kind would of, see, or they would see loyal, or they would see loyal and think he was a trollic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and there was this kind of like innocence and ignorance when it came to the dangers of everything. Yeah. So yeah, the <laughs> next scene point. is Min, Min and Matt. Min and Matt, yeah, gambling. And, and Matt and, and Matt notably is not winning. <laughs> yeah, that that's an interesting thing. I'm curious to see. I mean, is there going to be some moment where he like starts winning at gambling? I don't know. Yeah. Where like his luck just shows up. I mean, Mm -hmm. obviously that has to happen. That's, that's, you can't, that's not an optional thing with Matt's character. No, Um, no. Yeah. That's completely central to who he is, the gambler. So um, I, like you, I am curious. And there's also this thing that I, I don't entirely dislike because I think it's true to the character where Matt is kind of trying to flirt with men a little bit. And yeah, she's, he's always like, he's always kind of innocently flirting with every woman he meets. And so, right. yeah, even though he's yeah. like, oh, I'm not trying to hit on you. He's always just a little bit trying to hit on her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, she's also kind of for pretty clearly not into it. She's like, um, right. She's like rolling her eyes, but letting it happen. Yep. Obviously in part because she's uh, trying to, you know, get him to do what she wants so that she can get the, uh, yeah. Anyway, we'll get to that scene later. Her, her, reason. yeah. Um, then yeah. we move on to, uh, Nynaeve sitting at the arches, uh, and then speaking to Leandrin. Um, I did yeah. love that Leandrin says, um, the three oaths bind us to speak truth to others, not ourselves. Like, ah, that's yeah. interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's you don't a good... think about that, but and, uh, that was a good line thing. for, for a line that's, about. yeah, that I, that I don't think is lifted anywhere from the book. That was a good line. Continuing, as we've said, I, I like what they're doing with Leandrin mm-hmm. because they're making her more complex. Yeah. They, uh, this was a good, uh, right. This was a good, like, you know, she's building trust with Nynaeve because she actually does kind of want to mentor Nynaeve, but also she's manipulating her. So it's like clearly a conflict there. Yeah. Um, like she's gotten too close. She, she has an agenda. She's trying to manipulate her. She drops, she tells her about this bothered me. She said, fall. They're saying falm, not falma, mm-hmm. whatever. <laughs> yeah. It don't matter. But so it's, you're right. I do like that. She's not just cartoonishly evil. She clearly has developed some kind of bond with Nynaeve and kind of respects her and likes her, wants to mentor her, but also she has a mission and she's carrying it out and and getting us back on track, so to speak, with plot points from the book. Exactly. And and I think it's fair to say that like a character like Leandrin would resonate personality wise with Nynaeve because they're assertive. They know what they want. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Whereas like, you know, Nynaeve in the books, it was always a little bit like, well, who, who is Nynaeve's mentor in this, you know, a little bit because she, she hated Moraine 
almost mm-hmm. almost it, it, beyond for any good reason. And, um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I like this dynamic for all the reasons you're saying, and then some. I think it's uh, interesting. It, it it'll be interesting to see how it. As I've said a dozen times already, it, you know, interesting to see how it plays out. She talks about her her son and talks about, you know, they, yeah. Anyway, it uh, but then ultimately kind of lets let's slip about the Sean Chan foam, um, the yeah. fact that some Shinaran soldiers were captured with a blacksmith and tells Nynaeve all she needs to know to realize that Nynaeve has to go and rescue them. And yeah, and at that point, that was that was for me even just that moment by itself was like ooh we're getting back on track. (laughs) Exactly. That's, it was a, it was a kind of a breath of relief, sigh of relief. Like, yeah, okay. I was a little worried and they are getting exactly back on track. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. If, if for nothing else, like in like that's that by itself. And and then, you know, what happens later, you know, Mm -hmm. it was like, ah, okay. Yeah. The, we are, we are kind of still recreating the great hunt. Right. This is, these are people who are fans of the books. They are making choices that, you know, they're zigging where I would zag in a lot of cases. And, but I am trusting that they are, we're, they're headed in the direction that we're hoping. It seems like that for sure. Yeah. Right. So So then we are back to Lan, uh, Ivan and Maxim, I don't know, meditating. (laughs) Out something a, yeah outside and yeah maxim gets up and so ivan and uh lan are talking about i don't know being grizzled old warders <laughs> yeah it's a good scene yeah, uh, when, yeah, once again it just you know but i mean it's still playing on this kind of thing where it would be nice to know like uh, it's it's just yeah it's just confusing this this is a plot is to me um just yeah, yeah, for all yeah. the reasons we've talked about i don't dislike it as much as i'm just i'm not i don't understand it and where it'll fit into things later I, on i guess you know so it does make sense it, it does make sense that the bond would be severed at this point even though they did it in a confusing way because so much like a big chunk of the books i mean really gosh the whole slog land is separated from Moraine and kind of mourning the loss of the bond and really the loss of her. And so, you know, the fact that they would kind of go more directly to that, to that dynamic, I, yeah, you know, I get it. Yeah. He, he, I don't want him to be, you know, broody emo land for too long though. Yeah. Uh, Or at least broody emo land without naive. (laughs) One of the things that is kind of mentioned in this scene is the whole business of Moraine saying, I don't see you as an equal. And um, Yvonne kind of says, he almost goes goes as far as to say this, but I think it's probably because... He literally says, we're not their equals. Yeah. He does, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He says, we're not their equals. and But then he expounds, like, we remind them that they're not gods. We show them and there's almost a way in which he he's almost saying and this is where i think moraine would see it as like no you're my better in one way because i'm this person who's kind of playing at being this almost uh uh, celestial being but you know the real me and i feel like that's kind of what and also you know they can they can be stabbed in the back literally and so he's gonna guard their back and you know it's like right and so there, there's a sense in which it's, you know, are painfully reminded of the fact that they're um, very vulnerable uh, and that a, you know, warder mm-hmm. is, is very much necessary. And maybe that's why in the, in the show, the Reds travel as like a pack. <laughs> right. Since they don't have orders. Yeah. Kind of makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. Next right, we, so have... Then we have. Uh, then this is a scene with uh, Maxim and Alana. And at first, honestly, I was like, are they playing this as Alana being like a dark friend? Like, I mean, just you know, going through Land's bag and then like the hearing Ishmael's voice. I was like, oh no, that's not. I don't think that's what's happening here. But I kind of had a moment where I was kind of wondering that. Um, yeah, yeah. Th- this is interesting because I'm glad we got the poem uh, in there or whatever mm-hmm. you call it. The the right, you know. Um, I mean, obviously, uh, Ishmael. Right said part of it at the beginning um because that's i mean that's such a great moment in the book absolutely and, yeah yeah 
you know, and, and the yeah, more giving... the more of those like little poems we get, there's so many good ones. You know, yeah. I want to hear "Let the Dragon Ride Again" on the wings and the winds of time. Or yeah, yeah. Well, like, yeah. Anything, anything where it's they, we we've set up. Yeah, you know, there. I mean, man, yeah. There's so many things from the book. I mean, I was, you know, we're in Knife of Dreams right now, and I I just got to one of my favorite passages. I think last week, and I was just thinking, man, I really hope they get to this, and I really hope they do it justice. There, there are just so right, many things right. like that. So I, I feel like they, in one way, they, uh, all of this was working to make sure we got the the blood calls blood passage, mm-hmm. right, right. Um, you know, more than anything. And then they and, took it a little more. They took it a little more literally <laughs> with her yeah. being covered in blood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and um, that's fine. It, there, uh, there are a few more verses to it in the book because it's not just about land fear. I don't think it, it really it lay, it it lays out. It pretty much predicts the rest of the book, if I remember correctly. But I'm fine with you know just getting the one you know land fear mm-hmm. verse and and like okay because we get the blood calls blood. And it's like, yeah, that's creepy. And it's you know, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, granted, it's not <laughs> scrawled on the wall and you know, blood and, and the Trolloc text, but... but right, just, right, right, right. Yeah, there's been it. a few situations here where it seems as though more people know the old tongue, perhaps, than in yeah. the books. Um, yeah. That's fine. Yeah, it, it's like, it, it's like it, a standard... It's like learning Latin for Aes Sedai, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the languages thing is, is going to be... is a little interesting. Also, something we didn't mention... Uh, last time that I, I kind of I had to go back and rewatch because it didn't occur to me, but um, the Sean Chan accents. You know, oh yeah, that's true. It's in, in uh, the book, you know, you know the they refer Jordan to sort of Jordan yeah. had a specific accent in mind, and we're not doing that, and that's probably okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He he was you know at a convention asked about it, and he said that he always heard, heard them as Texas accents. You know? <laughs> right. And, and that would just be so zany. I mean, like, it would yeah. have been, like, really fun. I almost want, like, one character, one Sean Chan character to have that, just yeah. to, you know, as a nod. But I get I get not having every Sean Chan character yeah. have a Texan accent. That's yeah. probably for the best. <laughs> it, could have, it could have worked if it was, like, old Southern, like, I mean, to be honest, like, to, to call back to, like, the slave owner kind of business because that's really i mean they're definitely uh, maybe um, i guess yeah. yeah i don't but, know i think it would have it would just would have landed weird uh, uh, probably. I, maybe, I'm, you're you're probably. Right. they could have done it they could have like sold it in a way but yeah i can i can understand not wanting to do that too i, I did notice when uh, going back and, and watching it what they did instead is they just have regular north american accents so they did give them yeah, a yeah sure. specific like okay everyone else is they're different you know, vaguely British or, or, you know, Scottish, whatever. Yeah, that, that, but, uh, that sort of posh British accent that you have in so many things. Right. Um, but anyway, back on track, we got the scene with uh, Moraine and her, and oh, yeah. her sister again, where yeah. her, her sister's basically saying, hey, I'm in control of the eyes and ears. So if you want to know, charge here. you know, you want to know where I'm the captain now. The boy, <laughs> look at me, look at me. <laughs> um, it's like, you don't know where the boy is. You gotta, you gotta ask me. And, um, right. Kind of just That's all that happens fine. in that scene. Um, right, right. Yeah. And then we're back in the White Tower with Egwene and Elaine and Egwene are having some more of her toilet wine that Elaine made, <laughs> I think. <laughs> um, uh, and then Nynaeve busts in and, Says she's that like, she's going hey, can to we have a word? And Elaine's like, this, this is, is my room. <laughs> this is my room. And Nynaeve fixes her with one of those Nynaeve stairs. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I need to go wash out my toilet wine glass anyway. <laughs> um, and then we get, yeah, we're, we're solidly on track where we it would be yeah, in the book totally. here at this point where it's like, hey, you know, we're going, we're going to go to Falma, right? You know, and mm-hmm. foam. Yeah, you know, that's <laughs> foam. Um, uh, foam. Then they, then there's yeah. a, then they kind of get all their stuff together and go get horses or go try to get horses. And Elaine has followed them. Uh, yeah. and so she's she jumps in. She's like, um, you know, Sam Ganji. Of course, you're going alone, and I'm going with you. 
Um, right, right. But and then yeah, I was. Leandrin. Yes, I don't even and, know. And wait, I was is, gonna say, does wait? I was gonna say, does Elaine actually even say she's gonna go? I don't know that she actually she does. She's standing there. She's about she, to oh. say something, and then Leandrin uh, shows up and yeah, that's, does that's the fair. You know, that's force push against the wall. So uh, yeah, probably she would have. Uh, but uh, yeah, Leandrin doesn't yeah. give her the chance. Yeah, it's uh, you are a complication. Uh, yeah, she does say that. That's funny. You, you and I must be watching at the exact same point because you said that almost <laughs> right, right as she said that. Blows them up against the wall, and I believe that's Knocks all we get of this this plot. Right. Um, so yeah. yeah, I think there's a there's a moment in the teaser for the next episode yeah. that shows them that shows them in the ways. So that will be cool right. to see. Um, um, next scene is men the- having a bad dream. Is that what? Bad dream about yeah. Ishmael. Oh, first it's a bad dream about her aunts or whatever that are yeah. kind of making her be a fortune teller and and watch people uh, see their visions and see people. Of course, it's always you know people being they're, they're going to be murdered, yeah. or whatever. Which um, is it's not totally accurate to the book, but it's not right, like right. completely out yeah, of the there's possibility. A, there's enough people. There's enough people who are going to die horribly in the books that yeah, okay, sure. Yeah, you can see I mean, why she, so it's an it is an interesting twist. I know at various times she has said that this gift is a curse and she doesn't want it, but she never in the books goes so far as to make a deal with the devil. Well, really, with she thought it was with the Andra and to to get rid of her power. Um, she never seems that desperate to be rid of it. At least it's not not in this way. Um, so it's a you know, but it, it, at first it was like, oh no, are they going to make her like a dark friend? But no, she just didn't know what she was getting herself into. Yeah. And one of the things that's interesting to me is uh, Charmael, I mean, straight up introduces himself as father (laughs) of lies. He's not even pretending, right? He's not even like, no, I'm just some dude who can help you out. Nope, nope. He's, I am the betrayer of hope. I am the father of lies. Exactly. (laughs) I am forsaken. (laughs) Yeah. You you just think like, you know, wouldn't, it might help you out with your cause a little bit more if you pretend to be some right, someone right. help you know that wouldn't because you know in, in the books it's clear like the forsaken are, are like creepy bedtime story kind of yeah yeah, yeah. exactly right yeah, um, they would be like yeah if you don't brush your teeth land fear will come for you in the night like first off that's right. a terrible thing to say to your child um but <laughs> yeah but yeah i i agree i liked this this is an interesting way to handle men to give her a little bit more pathos yeah. at this point in the story um the words right out of my mouth agreed yeah and um, i love um Ishmael's like kind of warm smile <laughs> yeah at the end of the scene like he just said a bunch of terrible stuff and admitted to being you know a forsaken and just you know nice warm genuine smile <laughs> yeah it's good yeah and then we're off to uh land fear and rand right um, yeah sure so this is where i was saying they're, they're uh, and rand. asleep Celine and Rand, yeah, we're out out at the the cabin in the woods, and uh, Mister Murdral shows up, and uh, Rand makes himself a Murdral barbecue, which would have to smell disgusting. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Can you imagine? Uh, I mean, they they already smell like rotting flesh, right? I mean, like without right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so like uh, hot rotting flesh. I don't know if you. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When it is cool the way that the Merdral kind of appears, you know, uh-huh. the smoke like thing. Uh-huh. Um there there is a degree to which you know, we are shown Rand is still kind of out of his depth here, like trying to do a oh, sword, yeah, yeah. sword fight with the Merdral. He's he's not really you know, he's not a he's not the power instead and yeah, he has to yeah. show. He has to reveal to Celine that which we did not want to do that he can channel. Uh, and I thought the channeling was cool here. He doesn't use his hands, which is interesting, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, casting fire obviously. Yeah, it was, yeah it looked cool. I don't know. He's yeah, been I, casting a lot of fire. That's his thing lately. He's been casting fire. Yeah, I, I like the channeling better in this season so far. Um, mm-hmm. I don't yeah, know I if if it actually looks all that different. I'm not sure. There's something about it. I've been, I. I I feel like it it looks better. I don't know what it is. Um, the uh, this this the 
conversation between them right after he channels vaguely confused me. I'm like, all right, Celine, what are you playing at here? Yeah. Are you really surprised that he can channel? I mean, don't you know who he is already? And so it's like almost like, did she not know? Or maybe she hadn't had it confirmed. I, I don't know. Or maybe she was maybe she was just trying to like play it off like, oh, of course I didn't know you could channel. But it didn't seem like it. So I was a little confused by that. It, it was a little confusing to me because to me it would have been – more within the the character of the Celine we see in the books for her to be right, into right. it. Um, yeah, to be like, oh, that's great. Here's some things you should try. Yeah, exactly. That's what happens in the book. So it's like that that confused me. Uh, but it does seem at the end there that she was trying to trick him so that she could, I don't know, tie him to the bed and I don't know, yeah, something, I, whatever she was about to do. I'm, <laughs> so. I'm, I'm a little uh, confused about that. But uh, you do have this kind of important moment where Rand says they do say when men go mad, they kill the ones they love first. And so she says, are you saying you love me? (laughs) And uh, Lanfear is overly attached girlfriend. There's part of me that wanted her to be more giddy about getting the dragon reborn yeah, to agree. That's what I was expecting a little bit, honestly, more so than this kind of pearl clutching, um, kind of, yeah. How dare you? Ch- I did. How dare you not tell me you could channel and right. burn down my inn and not tell me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then but, she does say it's just part of your nature, whatever. I don't know. But right. I don't know. And I just didn't like um, that. Like, why do we need that charade? I guess in part yeah. it would, it also made the last scene punchier. Maybe that she seemed surprised. I don't know, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It. Uh, you're right. I, I was confused because, of course, I, I think at this point when I watched it the first time, I, I uh, tapped the remote to see how much longer we had, and I was like, well, it looks like we only have about five more minutes left, but right, it's called right. Daughter of the Night. We're going, like... Yeah, we got we to gotta confirm yeah, this. <laughs> yeah. She, she does start to sound a little bit more like Lanfear towards the end of that little discussion talking about, you know, it's in your nature. Yeah. At some mm-hmm. point in there, she talks about, you know, you've got to, you got to reach out and take what you want. Kind of. Yeah. Um, yeah. She does. Yeah. I've forgotten. We do have uh, another scene. Right. With, this is where we actually get the, the prophecy kind of read out um, right before. So yeah. it's kind of a nice cutaway to, to get the, the poem read right before the scene with Lanfear. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. It it was it was it was well it, it put it together and also giving context to who Lanfear is and then when they start intercutting with her, you know, tying Rand up and everything. Um Yeah, right. It's like, know, "Oh, okay." <laughs> yeah, and Megan even started saying, "Oh no. Oh no." Like she was tracking with where this was headed. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, right. <laughs> Um, I I, I will say I did not see that end coming at all. (laughs) Yeah. Great. Yeah. No, I didn't either. That was a, like, (laughs) I immediately said, well, the writers on that one. Yeah, that was different. Yeah. So we have, you know, (laughs) the intercutting with uh, her covered in blood, um, her, you know, uh, on Rand and, Right, right. It's like starting to get a little nervous when she says, but, I'm a monster. Uh, what you talking about there? Can you explain what that means, please, right now? <laughs> and then she starts to channel. And I've uh, right. I've got questions about what, what she's going to do, I wonder. Yeah. yeah. Then a, uh, a, then a sword. A sword blade comes through her chest. Like, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and uh, Moraine comes around. And, and- is... Then she slits her throat. Moraine slits yeah. her throat, and uh, and then and then Rand is you know understandably upset about that, and is like you know grabs Moraine like out you killed her, and uh, then we understand that the, another pretty major change from uh, the yeah. books that the Forsaken are I don't know Wolverine. I keep coming back to Wolverine for some reason, but <laughs> there's a well, lot of yeah, I mean it's probably the most well known. You know, healing superhero factor. who's yeah, his whole thing is his healing factor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the her her saying, I I could I, I didn't kill her, I couldn't kill her. Basically, she I can't lie was, to you. Yeah, um, and and so yeah, I when when she stabbed her and cut her throat and she fell over, I at first was like, 
okay, this is interesting. You know, they're killing right, her right. off. Um, killing her off early, and then she's going to come back. Right. So. But, but then they, you know, they're, but in fact, no, they're establishing that the way they're handling the Forsaken, instead of them just being spun back out into the pattern again, they can't be killed by at least conventional means. Yeah, I was trying to explain to my buddy the, the way it works in the books. I was like, yeah, you know, uh, when they get killed, they get reincarnated. And he's like, well, they come back as a baby. No, they're already a full-grown jerk. Uh, there are other people that come back as babies. I understand why this is confusing. There's even one dude who comes back as a lady. You know, <laughs> So yeah. I'm okay with this change. You know, We just have one actress who plays the character. And so, yeah, maybe we'll still have that happen at some point. But I'm also okay with this being, you know, the Dark One has protection on the Forsaken where they can't be stabbed through the chest and die from it. Well, and also given that they, they have Ishamayel looking the way that Morden is described pretty well. Oh, that's an interesting point. Yeah. And the, I, it does make me think they're probably just doing away with, because that was always confusing. Right. Did, like Sindane and Moradin and, and the various uh, Arangar and Asangar. Like they, it just was like, it, it, you almost needed a spreadsheet to keep up with like who oh, totally. got reincarnated and is who else. So like, I'm totally okay with them not doing that at all. Yeah. Actually, this is one I mean, change. They're, they're trying out loud. They're already removing, they're already reducing the number of forsaken anyway. So why yeah. would they have them? How, why would they multiply the number? by having them come back as a different person no exactly yeah to me it, it, it only makes sense yeah, and yeah. actually um could be a i think a very good change ultimately and and i think you know they'll probably end up doing the same thing as far as well this is how you would get rid of a forsaken once and for all when they get around oh to yeah that sure, point. Sure. yeah um, right but but uh, overall I really enjoyed this episode. It was fun seeing things get back on track. You did know, you watch for, the uh, the teaser for the? I did. I did. I did. <laughs> so I love. I just the call outs there. We High Lord Turok indeed is in the show, and then yes. would you dance with me, Maidens of the Spear and Gaul? Like you know, yep. we just can't. <laughs> yep. This is great. <laughs> yep. So um, I'm I'm pretty confident that we've not reached the high point. Maybe yes, know, unless they. I'm, that's that's exactly why I. Part of what made me enjoy this episode as much was actually seeing that and going, oh, yeah. there's another good episode coming. Like it. Yeah, all, for sure. That that's yeah. It made me excited to be like, oh, episode five looks like it's going to be awesome. So yeah, I did also it, enjoy seeing uh, Brandon Sanderson's name in the credits. Always a good consulting producer. It's like, yes. yeah, he's keeping him on track. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. And definitely, definitely felt on track. Okay. They're, they're dragging it back towards the way the, the plot moves mm -hmm. in, in the, in the book. So uh, overall, very excited about this one. Excited for next week. Any other thoughts? No, I'm with you. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm having more fun than I was last season. I came in with fewer preconceived ideas of what the show would be, and I'm having I'm along for the ride. It's good so far. Appreciate everybody joining us. Um, we will continue to kind of discuss the show probably every week as the episodes come out. Um, and then we do intend to get back to Knife of Dreams at some point uh, shortly thereafter. Um, so appreciate everyone joining us again and we're glad to glad to be doing it. Um, yeah. Please leave us a review on the various podcast apps. You can find us on the socials at podcast TSM, tsmpodcast.com. You can email us stuff at tsmpodcast.com. And if you if you want to support the show, there's a donate button on the website. Appreciate it. But we're always happy to have you no matter what. And until next time, Kaishar Manethrin. <laughs>